All right, you all have me a little concerned this morning because I, I've told you before, uh, you, you all are my liveliest group. <laughs> you, you really are. I mean, you guys have great energy. You, and um, I mean, every service is different, and I'm not saying there's better or worse, but you guys are a pretty lively group of people. Uh, you feel a little sedated this morning. It's like you're, I'm a little concerned what you might be still recovering from, um, but you're a, little, you're a little quiet this morning. And uh, we don't want to set that tone. I, I like life. I like lively. Um, I'm also disappointed, I'm bitterly disappointed, because I count on you, some of you, for, for sermon illustrations. And um, I was really counting on some good stories out of New Year's Eve, the things you'd post on social media that I could use against you. And um, I got nothing. Uh, either, either you all behaved, <laughs> unlikely, or um, you just didn't put it out there publicly, which is very smart. But, um, but I, was, I, was, I was looking, and I really wanted to find something on you, and nobody gave me nothing. So, um, yeah, which is good. As your pastor, I'm, I'm appreciative of that. I want you to behave and use, use common sense. Yeah, your Michigan shirt doesn't count. So, but to be fair... To be fair, I'm not a Florida fan, so I was fine with that. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with that. Michigan's had a rough couple years. Anything to kind of help you out there. So, um, look, I'm just speaking the truth now. Come on now. And, and Michigan had a rough weekend if you like the green team. So, uh, I know, I know. All right, I'm going to stop before I get in big trouble to start the new year. Let's, uh, let's, let's turn to things that, that are truly important for us this morning, and that is um, God's Word. And, and we turn to Jeremiah for a portion of his words to, to the people of Israel and found in the 31st uh, chapter there. We're just going to read a few of these verses, and we'll kind of, it'll set the tone for, for what we are hoping to hear from God this morning. So we begin Jeremiah 31, verse 7. This is what the Lord says. Sing with joy for Jacob. Shout for the foremost of the nations. Make your praises heard and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the lame, expectant mothers and women in labor. A great throng will return. They will come with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in the distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. For the Lord will deliver Jacob and redeem them from the hand of those stronger than they. They will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord, the grain, the new wine, and the olive oil, the young of the flocks and herds. They will be like well-watered garden, and they will sorrow no more. Then young women will dance and be glad, young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. I will satisfy the priests with abundance. And my people will be filled with bounty, declares the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for the people of God. 
let us pray. Lord, fill us with the joy of your presence, the joy of being together in worship, and open our hearts to your word as you speak to us today. We pray all things in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, as I said earlier, let me again welcome you to the Discovered for the First Time year. The Discovered for the First Time year, or maybe the year that has yet to be known, or is just starting to be known. Anybody welcome you yet to the yet-to-be-discovered year? Or the year that has yet to be known? Nobody? No, because it doesn't have... It means the same thing as Happy New Year. It's the exact same thing but it doesn't quite have the ring to it. It's not as succinct. It doesn't pack the same punch as saying Happy New Year. And so for about a week, that's what we're going to do. We will ask each other, as I did and you did this morning numerous times, how was your new year? How's the new year off? What's the start of the new year? How are things going? That that becomes, it it kind of frames um, our, our, our mindset for a little while because the word new um, is such a, a nuanced word. It has such a, a variety of meanings that we attribute to it. But, but for most of us, the word new kind of breeds a little bit of excitement. And there, there's some things that are new that we kind of dread or don't look forward to. But, but a lot of times, new uh, can bring energy, new opportunities. Uh, when, when we were kids and, and we moved and we grew and, and maybe went to middle school or high school, we got to go to new schools, or maybe you moved and, and it was a, a positive experience, and you were kind of excited at the new opportunities, new communities, new jobs, new relationships. There's a lot of things that new encapsulates that kind of gets our, our, our blood flowing, if you will. And so we celebrate a new year with the new possibilities that that brings. But I was, I was interested to, to just watch... And, and this isn't anything new, but it, it kind of just struck me new, if you will, or at least in a, in a fresh way this, this season. And that was that between Christmas and New Year, as we're kind of gearing up for 2016, uh, it becomes a time of, of reflection. Before we get to the New Year, there's a lot of time spent reflecting on the old. And in fact, we didn't plan it this way, but if you noticed, if you were here and paying attention to the slides on the screen, the announcements before worship began, you noticed that that John and the slides this morning put um, pictures that reflected on some of the things that happened in 2015. In my newsletter article, I wrote wrote about some of the highlights of of our ministry together in 2015. Uh, Newspaper articles write about and they reflect on the significant things that happened in communities or around the world in 2015 and magazines and um, and just all kinds of ways that before we get to the new, there seems to be a focused time of reflection on the old. And so on Thursday night, uh, Ryan and Cassidy and I were at my brother, with my brother and and my sister-in-law, Brian and Tina, and my niece Ava, and so we spent New Year's at their home. They live over in Jupiter. Uh, Tony's away with her sisters for kind of a, a sister's um, extended weekend. So, so the three of us were over there. And we were, um, like many of you, we were just doing our best to stay up to midnight. You know, that be, I'm sad to admit that's kind of the age I'm at now where it's, I'm, 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 a, I'm you know, I'm not used to being up till midnight. I, I hear sarcastic comments. I don't know what's being said. but um, And so we were watching... Uh, we were watching the football games, 
and, you know, visiting. And every once in a while, I'd, I'd pull out on my phone and I would kind of check social media and see what people were posting. Because, like I said, I was looking for dirt on people. And, um, <laughs> but, but what was interesting was that that's what I, I read a lot of. And, and, and it's probably not new this year, but it's the first time it kind of registered at how often I was reading friends or, or some of you that were reflecting on the year gone by, the highs and lows. It was, it's kind of the social media version of the, of the Christmas letter that, that some of you still do because I've seen them and read them and, and, and you still get, but it used to be more common where you would get the Christmas letter from friends and family and they would talk about the, the things that have happened in the past year. Well, this was that same kind of thing and it was really, there was some raw honesty in it, some, some people that were reflecting and being very vulnerable uh, on social media about some of the mistakes they'd made and some of the the hardships that they'd endured. And so there was a lot of looking back. But then, as 2016 rushed upon us, and in the first day of the year, in that same venue, I started to read from some of the same people their hopes for the new year. Not resolutions. This was deeper. The things that they they were excited about, the opportunities they were ready to embrace, the things that they hoped to accomplish and happen in the new year. And so it really became, it seemed to me like a a flip or a switch was flipped. You know, that in in a moment we go from this looking back and reflecting to looking forward with, with anticipation and hope. And who doesn't look forward to a new year in the sense of in a way that you hope it's better than the last year? I mean, is there anybody in here that hopes 2016 isn't as good as 2015? No, I don't care how good your year was. I mean, you could have had the best year of your life. In fact, I hope you did. But you want 2016 to be better. And if you had a rough year in 2015, and I know some of you have, you're praying 2016 is better. So it's, it's this powerful week of this, of this both hand, looking back and anticipating what is yet to come. And as I, I thought about that, switch that gets flipped. It it brought me back to Jeremiah and our text this morning, because that's kind of what happens in Jeremiah's book. Because if you're familiar with the prophet, most of his writing, um, well, let's just say it's not a feel-good book. If you're feeling down, if you're anxious, if you're fearful, I would not recommend go read Jeremiah, because it's somewhat dark. Jeremiah spends a lot of of his prophecy and his ministry and the things that are recorded looking back on the behavior and the sin and the disobedience of his people. They're at a place when they are about to be overtaken by Babylon. Their nation is about to be overrun. This is, as I've shared with you before, this is kind of the precursor for Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and the exile of the people. They're about to be overrun by Babylon. Their nation's going to be taken over. Their people are going to be taken into exile. And it's not a happy time. And Jeremiah spends a lot of, of, what, of his ministry saying to the people, you have dishonored God, you have been disobedient, and judgment is coming upon us for it. And Jeremiah was not very popular, as you can imagine. And so it really is very, very dark in a lot of ways. Very reflective, if you want to. But in verse 29, I mean in chapter 29, Jeremiah kind of, flips the switch. And all of a sudden, he starts to project into the future in ways that are incredibly optimistic and hopeful. And it's hopeful for the people. Now, one of the verses that we often read and that we associate with Jeremiah that that you've probably heard before is verse 11. 
and says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's, plans for you to prosper and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, I, I hate to burst bubbles here, but we, we misappropriate that verse. We do, we do and, and it, we, we like to personalize that. We like to use that as a verse that things are about to get immediately better. The problem with, with doing that is that we neglect two things. One, that when Jeremiah says you, he's talking in the southern term, y'all. He's not talking about individual. He's talking about the community. He's talking to his people. Y'all. Y'all are going to do okay. That's what God says. Y'all hang in there. All right. But we also forget that verse 29, or chapter 29, verse 10, right before that, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come and fulfill my promises. For I know the plans I have. You see, it leads into that. See, he's not talking about it's about immediately. But he's saying, hold on. Jeremiah is saying to the people, hold on, endure, be strong, be rooted in the Lord, have faith, because the Lord has a plan and a purpose, and he's going to restore things. He's going to make things better. He's in control. And it's not going to be immediately felt. That's, that's where I think the danger of the verse comes in. It's, it's a wonderful reassuring verse. And, and don't hear me um, say that God doesn't care about us individually, and God doesn't want the best for us, and God isn't working and hopeful for those things. But it's dangerous sometimes when we assume that, that somehow with faith um, that that becomes kind of the, that God becomes, and I've talked about this before, the fairy godmother. You know, I, let, me, let me tell you, those of you on social media, I don't care how many blessings you forward through email or through um, Facebook posts, you're not going to be able to manipulate God into a blessing by it. God doesn't work that way, okay? They're good stories. Forward them all day long. But don't think just because you push something forward that God's going to rain down upon you. God's presence is with us regardless. And, and so be, let's be careful. Let's be very, very careful in our faith to turn God into a fairy godmother. But, but what Jeremiah says to the people is have hope. He is, he is all of a sudden moving from, from this reflective, this is what, where we've been, to a forward view, this is where we're going. This is what God has in store. And so when he turns to verse 39, I mean, it is incredibly hopeful and optimistic. And here again, let me just pick it back up at verse 12. They will come, the people will come. He's talking about the day that the people are going to return to their homeland. They will be let Turned, they, they will be released from their captivity. He says that they will come with shouts for joy on the heights of Zion. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord, the grain, the new wine and the olive oil, the young of the flocks and herds. They will be like a well-watered garden. They will sorrow no more. The young women will dance and be glad, the, the young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. I will satisfy the priests with abundance, and my people will be filled with bounty. What Jeremiah is saying is we can move forward into our future with faith and hope because God goes before us. God is already working his plan and his purpose. And the plans of man, the powers of the world, the authorities of this will not thwart the plan of God because God is already ahead of us. And that is the promise that we embrace. We live in, in this, this, this time, in this week, if you will, of, of this both end. We look back and we look forward. In fact, January is named after the Roman god Janus. I don't know if you're familiar with the Roman god Janus, but if you go look up artwork or depictions of the Roman god Janus, he has two faces. There's a face here and a face there. So the Roman god can simultaneously look forward 
and look backwards. Look into the future and look into the past. Well, symbolically, that's a little bit of what we do into the new year. We reflect, and we should reflect on the things past. We should reflect on the, our experiences, good and bad, positive and negative, obedient and sinful. Because God is a God of redemption. God is a God of grace. We don't look back to carry the weight and the burden of our mistakes. We look back to recognize that God is in that and that God forgives and God redeems and God even turns some of our worst experiences into opportunities to experience His presence. And God redeems those experiences to make us new creatures, new creations, new opportunities, new ways to live into His love. So we, we can in some ways embrace our past, even the parts that we would change if we could. Because God holds, does not hold those things against us. So it's important to reflect. That's part of learning. I'd be worried about anybody that doesn't. You know, if you ever said to me, there's nothing in your past that you would change, I might be a little more worried about you. Because we all have some things that we do different. And it's important to reflect on that. But it's also important to look forward with hope and with promise. Because God goes before us. And so New Year's Eve becomes a time that we do both of those things. We sing, what's the song we sing at, the, at, the, at New Year? Auld Lang Syne. Anybody know the words after, should old acquaintance be forgot? That's about all I know. I can sing the first line, I'm done. But, it, but it, it, Robert Burns wrote it in the 18th century to an old Scottish tune, and it means... Uh, time long ago, or, or, or good old days. It's a reflection back. The first thing we sing on the new year is, is to re- that we're to remember our experiences and our past and our story. But then we have our traditions that carry us into the new year. How many of you have New Year traditions, things you do every new year? Anybody? What do you do? Just shout it out. What do you do? Black Eyed Peas. Okay, I had Black Eyed Peas this new year for the first time. What's that? Sauerkraut? Okay, sauerkraut. Hog jowl? Really? Literally the jowl of a hog. Why? How many of you have hog jowl? Really? I didn't know that was a thing. Well, I, oh, you put it in the sauerkraut. Oh, okay. All right, that's cool. No, that's why I ask. I want to learn. I want to learn. What else? Anybody else have one they want to shout out? What's that? Prime rib. Okay, that's good. All right, that's good. They're traditions. They're things you do. We're all going to Lena's house next year. Um, They're things that we do. They're traditions, and, and we probably hold on to them because we may not literally believe that they bring any good luck, but they, they feel like they do. You know, there, there's traditions um, in China at the new year, they open their windows to let out the old and to let the air of the new year come in. New start, right? In, in Moscow, Muscovites, they throw empty vodka bottles into the air. <laughs> they do. Wouldn't you expect it? I think because, because they have drained the old year of all its goodness. Um, and probably... Probably thinking about the fact that those bottles are going to land and shatter reminds them to walk carefully into the new year. Um, and I think it's, I think Danish tradition, they stand on a chair and they jump off the chair so that they, you don't lumber 
into the new year, you jump into the new year. What's that? You spend in the hospital, right, yeah. Um, or I think an Italian tradition, you open the windows and you throw a pot or a pan out the window for good luck. Uh, I think I read that. I mean, there are traditions, there are things that we do to embrace the possibilities, the hope of a new year. I was, as I mentioned, I was with, with Brian and Tina and Ava, um, the kids and I were, for, for New Year's Day. Uh, my sister-in-law, Tina, she is of, on her mother's side, Greek descent. Her mother, Octavia, was born in Greece, a lot of family in Greece. And there's a tradition we participated in where they have a, a cake, um, like a, um, almost like it wasn't angel food, um, coffee cake kind of thing, yeah, pound cake. And uh, they cut it in a piece. Everybody gets a piece. But under the cake has been buried a dime. And if you get the piece with the dime, you're going to have good luck in the new year. I did not get that piece. Um, <laughs> but we embrace the new, the opportunities, the promise of, of a new day that is coming. That's what Jeremiah says to the people. In the midst, it's not an immediate thing. I mean, we want it to be, and, and for some of us, sometimes it is. But, but understand, Jeremiah is not saying that, that just because of your faith that this next day is promised to be great. But what is promised is that God goes before and is in it. And God's there. And that God's plan and his purpose and his restoration of all things. That's what he's proclaiming. Things are going to be made right. Things are going to be restored. The joy and the hope and the abundance and the bounty which God has created for us and destined for us will be fulfilled. And it was in the return of the people to Israel. And it will be in the day when all things will be made new in Christ, as they are being made new in Christ. We need to embrace that, to reflect and to look forward with hope and promise, because Christ is there. Christ is with us and before us. And so whatever this new year means for you, whatever is before you, whatever the challenges you face and the joys that have yet to be experienced, know Christ is there. Christ is with you, and you will have the joy and the promise that he has given to all through faith if we are willing to embrace it. Reflect on what has been, but brothers and sisters, let us look forward with hope and faith to what is yet to come. Amen? Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we, we just, we, we cling, we just, we grasp and grope for your promises. Because sometimes we, we struggle to, to hear it, we struggle to, to believe it and to trust it. But, but you are there. You go before us and you walk beside us. Help us to trust in that, to put our faith in you and to believe in the promises, to, to press on to the goal, the upward calling in Christ. That is our prayer as we move into this new year together. In Christ's holy name, amen.